Get Heavy Podcast, hosted by Craig Casamas and John Scheimer. What's up, guys? Welcome to Get Heavy Podcast. Um, a few things before we get started. Today's episode is brought to us by Fatty Vegan. FV. Fatty. That's right. So, uh, new John's new vegan spot, punk rock fucking hangout here in Ventura, California. Uh, lots of good food, changing menu all the time. Come check it out. It's about to be the hangout spot because we're about to be able to hang out. Yeah, this is true. That spot. Beautiful. I saw people um, I saw people bowling on Instagram today in California. Really? Wow. That's awesome, man. They like, will. Yeah. Um, so uh follow Fatty Vegan eight oh five on all social medias uh for updates, pictures of glorious food, all that stuff. Come in and get some treats. Uh, also on this uh, podcast, I want to go ahead and mention that we're doing a promotion on the Patreon right now. Uh, $1 a month gets you in the door, uh, early access to these episodes, bonus footage, um, and then all the we're doing starting to do uh, tour stories uh, from all of our guests that are going to be exclusive to Patreon. If you want to hear some wild shit that you probably shouldn't hear on these podcasts, it's going to be all in there. Uh, for the people that sign up for the $5 tier, uh, we will ship you a free mask, so that's like a $10 plus shipping value um, for the month of March. So go ahead and sign up for that. And then uh, what else do we got? Oh, on a personal note, my band Tongue is releasing a new music video on this day this podcast drops. A, new lyric, vi- <laughs> a new lyric video for my uh, for a song, Sand. Uh, it's written and designed and made by our guitar player, Bill Benson. Pretty cool, so look for that on all of my social medias and tongue. Um, you can follow us on Spotify and Bandcamp and all that jazz. So check that shit out. Check out Tongue, the record of 2020 that no one heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. And then Ron, give him, give him the rundown on Ron tonight, John. Give Ron, the John. Ron. We got Ron Martinez, uh, booking agent for Crawl Space Booking. Uh, shit, I should have probably brought up a list of how many bands he books, but, uh, I, w- I deal with Ron a lot, uh, through Numbskull and booking bands. He books all of the cool punk bands that I've always loved and dealt with. Um, uh, he books Leftover Crack. He books, uh, The Casualties. I mean, let me, let me bring up his Spitz. list. Uh, no, he doesn't do, he, he's Not done. Spitz. No, no, no. He's, he's in the lower class brats. Ah. He's in Final Conflict. Uh, he's a great dude. He's an old school OG, early '80s LA punk. My boy Ron, what's uh-huh. up, man? How's it going, dude? It's been literally a year, over a year since we've seen each other. Exactly. It's it's been a year. So, uh, so me and Ron were dealing with it directly up until the pandemic started last year. Because we had a major tour that was supposed to be, we had like two months of touring planned out together. That and and it was literally like every day texting or getting on the phone, like yeah, man, are we gonna have to cancel this tour? Yeah, it's like it's like it's like what what are we doing? Where are like, we at? We what, like I mean, we were, yeah, it was it was crazy. So it's been here, man. Fucking hey, what's up? I was literally just, uh, we were just doing like a little intro thing for you. And I was like, all right, let me see if I can list all of the bands that Ron books under <laughs> yeah. Space before he comes on. I had a minute and a half to do it and I wasn't able to pull it off. He was only in the E's. Is that a, 
Is that a good thing? No, it's a yeah. good thing. It's, it's a good thing. thing. You just book, you book, and, and you book. And we'll, and did there. you take that from the website? I did. And I okay, know that, well, that's, I know. that's the whole team though. That's, that's Henry. Yeah. That's, that's Jay crash and cat too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I do have so many bands just on my own where I'm like, yeah, I've got too many fucking bands. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I, you got, he got through the ease and I was already tired. I, I, you know, I, sorry, I was exhausted <laughs> hearing it. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm a madman. I can't. Yeah, man. So are we going to get heavier? What? We're yeah, here, yeah, man. We're yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, welcome. This is, uh, this is Craig. Uh, we met, it. we met many years ago. I was in the fucking wrath with John. Yeah. John okay. Yeah. Cool. So you helped us out a couple times in Austin and stuff like that, man. So I, it's been yeah. a minute, you know, it's been a hard minute. Definitely. <laughs> you're, a pleasure you're, to see you again. You're in a band with the, with the second hardest working man in Ventura. Right. The other John. We yeah. call him the Prince of Nardcore. Yeah, yeah. The fucking band whore is what yeah. I call it. <laughs> it's endless, dude. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, man, it's it's nice to see you again. It's good we were... to see you both, actually. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. So, uh, how you doing, man? How's uh, how's things happening uh, for you in 2021 going forward, right? Now? Um, hopefully better. I mean, uh, keeping busy. You know, since we have no real touring, no no live shows that are COVID you know, say the occasional drive-in or whatever. I mean, none of my bands are touring. Uh, It seems a lot of the bands that I represent, a lot of them are like, yeah, man, we'll see you in uh, 2022. (laughs) You know, like, I'm working on some stuff that you and I will talk about off camera. Right. right, Um, So basically right now, like a lot of the industry consensus is we are hoping, we are hoping that, as far as sustainable uh, work, like sustainable touring where a band can actually be on the road for an extended amount of time will be this fall. Hoping. Hoping. Um, but we really just got to see what the numbers are like, man. And, uh, and, and really that, that'll be, you know, like, cause we're going to have, you know, there's a lot of people who won't take the vaccine or people who are afraid to take the vaccine. Um you know, like I've got friends who, who aren't conspiracy theorist type people. They're just really cautious. And they're like, I'm worried if I take the vaccine that a third arm will grow out of my back or something, you know? And, and so, yeah. um, regardless of your opinion on that, uh, there's going to be, there, we're, we're not going to just get rid of this right away. And, and I'm, I'm wondering like how this is going to go once, once shows start going, I think that masks will be kind of a norm thing. You'll will, you will see certain people wearing masks at shows, certain people that don't care or feel safe, you know, that won't. But um, right now we're like kind of at this crucial time, like us booking agents where we're kind of like, uh, we're kind of like in stasis right now because everything is so fluid. It changes daily. And I think we really won't be able to tell for about, maybe give it another two months till we really can see the landscape, see the numbers, you know, follow the science, so to speak, and and see where we're at. And then we can really make some, you know, some plans. I, I actually got an email from a festival that says like, we're good to go. We've got our permit. We're going to do it. And um, uh, the only reason why I'm not going to say what festival it is, is it, and it's not punk rock bowling. Uh, cause it's, it's got, this one's supposed to happen a, a bit before punk rock bowling is 
in case they, like I said, everything's so right. fluid. Right. I don't want to go right. and say, right. say right. that they're going right. to, it's going to happen, but this one pretty big festival, um, it seems to be intent on happening. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, I'm wondering it, too, like if it, if it's going to be more regional for a while, you know what I mean? Like obviously California is super locked down, but you wear a mask in Florida, they look at you like you're an asshole. You know what I mean? So it might be, I, I wondered if you guys were starting to like, like look at specific regions or something to be able to possibly start booking earlier than, I mean, fall seems like the time, you know, but it seems very unlikely like a full blown us tour, you know what I mean? Or especially in Europe, I have no idea what, what would happen over there, but you know, it seems like I, I would be thinking like regionally, like, you know, you can get away with some shows in Florida in the South, probably, you know, stuff like that. The certain yeah, areas where they know. just don't give a fuck, you know? Yeah, ex- exactly. And I, I think too, it has to do with the city and the pop, the, how dense the population is because yeah, there's certain cities where the COVID numbers are really low because there's not a lot of people there. There's a lot, a lot of population and you maybe you got people that are pretty good about masking up. So their numbers are low. So I think it does, it, it will depend on areas. Um, I'm kind of focusing, at least for like what I'm doing, there are certain, uh, definitely working on the West Coast and and avoiding certain areas where we just kind of, it's kind of known where they're just like not going to follow the science and there's probably going to be, yeah. it's just like safety. I've had specific artists and stuff go, we're not going to that area for a while. Right, but, right. You know, until like, until things are really like, like down. Um, you know, it, it, like I said, every day it changes because this is so new to all of us. This isn't like a measles outbreak where scientists have understood the the, the virus and the disease for so many years. I mean, right. they're, they're learning new stuff about this virus every day. So well, also the fear of, you know, a band doing everything they should be doing, masking up, getting a vaccine, this and that. But, you know, you can't account for the, you know, how many times do we shake hands, fist bump, you know, have a beer, take a shot with people, you know, and, and if a band starts to get it on tour, it grenades the whole tour. All that work is for nothing. You know what I mean? The whole band's sick. You're like, man, you know, like what, what point do you really want to risk it as an artist for me? No, I don't. I really, I'm not interested. You know what I'm I mean? Not, like, not until it's relatively okay. You know? Yeah. Personally for me as, as an artist, like not as a booking agent, but as a musician that tours and everything, my my feeling is this is like and and why uh both bands that i'm in we haven't played is you know and we've discussed it is it's just at this present time um yeah you you have a lot of people that that are out there that that don't are not really well informed or just flat out don't care and um i would feel horrible knowing that we we were if we played a show either band i was in that gathered a bunch of people and drew people that were irresponsible got and got other people sick i would feel i would feel responsible for that yeah. like man you know right. if we, we weren't if we didn't organize that show if we didn't play those idiots that knew they were infected with covid and, and the reason why i bring this up is this is that i had gotten footage sent to me by a friend who was at a skate park show and was just kind of with the camera. And they, and they said, they said, I know, I know two people that are here that are, um, what is it? I'm trying to think of the term right now. Asymptomatic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And they're here right now. Perfect. <laughs> now, now I don't know. I don't know if that is entirely, if that was a true thing. 
the right. person who sent it to me, I have no reason to doubt them, but who knows? But the thing was, is I was like, wow, man, if they're, if they really are asymptomatic and they're there, that's kind of shitty, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, so, so I just kind of put it on, on my, again, myself that I can make the choice as a musician to play or not play. And right. I choose in my band, my bandmates have agreed too. like, we've all discussed it where we're, we're just like, yeah, you know what? We've been doing this for such a long time. It's okay for us to sit it out for a while because we're all older dudes. We've played tons of shows. Um, we don't need to be out there and, and we don't want to, we don't want to feel responsible if something like that were happen. Now there's a lot of other bands that are out there that are playing right now. Honestly, like that's their thing. It's their band. They could do whatever they want. Right. You know, right. like, um, uh, you know, that they can run their band the way they see fit, you know? So, uh, but, but for me, it's like, you know, uh, you know, I, I can wait, you know, uh, and, and I've yet to see a show any going on yet that has ever had a lineup of a band where I've been, I thought, now that is a lineup worth getting COVID over. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> like all, all the bands playing all the, all the shows that are happening. It's like, it's like, that's what I'm going to go out on. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like an alcoholic going like. You know, and, and you go drink a bottle of, uh, you know, midnight or something like that. You know, so exactly. It's, it, 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 you know what I mean? Like that, that, that's what you go out on. You know, you're like, yeah, that's yeah. What you went out on? Or, like, or you just have to like, you're willing to risk your life to go eat at a restaurant and you go to the Olive Garden. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's the same thing. Well, we're taking COVID, Applebee's. It's yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. like Apple's all true. these shows that I've seen that are happening, I'm just like, yeah, I, I, I mean, these are all bands I could see at another time. And, and there's, there's not like, it's not like they said, like, you know, like I said, we're getting the jam back together again. Paul Weller has agreed yeah. to play. Like, <laughs> right. I'd be like, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Like, that, that's when we're pining over it. Yeah. That's when we're like, oh my God, like, what are, are we going to yeah. go? Exactly. Okay. That would be like, fuck, this is so fucked yeah. up. You know, like, it's an original lineup Pink Floyd reunion. You ready? You're all, yeah. maybe I might be, I might be ready, dude. You know, you know Ian Mackay says, <laughs> okay, we're doing the minor threat reunion. It's happening next week. Yeah. No masks Ooh. required. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. At yeah. the Moose Lodge, at the Moose Lodge in fucking, uh, at the Moose Lodge. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, Invite only. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, that's, you're right, though. I mean, the guys that are really out there now, you hear it, and you're like, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to that, like, period, you know? And there's, yeah, there's and stuff like, happening hey, out here that's... underground, you know what I mean, and stuff, too. I hear about it, house shows, and I'm like, you're out of your mind, dude. There's no way, you know? You know, yeah, and I, I'm just like, hey, man, you know, you do you, man. Like, that's fine, you yeah. know? Like, and as much as I, I want, you know, I work with guys, you know, and I'm in the construction field. You know, and I work with guys that are absolute full-blown conspiracy theorists. I don't really buy into a lot of it, but I'll take the fucking nanobots, dude. And if, if you know, if it gets me closer to going to a show or the, you know, the Bill Gates uh, disease or whatever it is that conspiracies are, I'll take it. I want it, dude. I don't care if I grow a third arm in a year. I, I, I just want to be out again and be able to go yeah. to a show and enjoy myself for once. I think you know the, what I mean? the, greatest, the greatest meme that I've seen about all that is that one with, Bill Gates sitting at the table uh, and it says, you're not important enough to be tracked or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Me wrong. And I'm just like, 
really like you really think that Bill Gates wants to con- like well, he already got as- you, dude. He's got you. You got your phone in your hand. Exactly. Got, they exactly. got you, dude. If you gotta, if you have a smartphone, mm-hmm. and shut the fuck up, right? Yeah, shut yeah. the fuck up yeah. about being controlled and like whatever, <laughs> because they know where you are all the time. Yeah. They can hear you. They can hear you. Uh, masturbating and then crying to Pornhub, <laughs> you know, yeah. like they they know already. They know yeah. what you're up to. So just yep. shut up, shut up yeah. with your conspiracy series. Just say I don't want to take the vaccine. I'm right. afraid to you or something. You know, like yeah. I'm worried that I'm going to have, um, you know, some side effects. I'm going to have, you know, bigger pot tits or something. I don't right? Know. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. I, it's something I've I've been thinking about lately. It's it's like woke ignorance. You know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. like, huh? Okay, so you're you're so incredibly smart. You're and you're ignorant. I mean, I don't. You know what I mean? It's like you don't. It's like woke ignorance. Like you don't have any frame of reference, but you're so outspoken about everything. You know, you're like, God damn. Well, well everybody wants to. Everyone is so afraid of being perceived as ignorant that they're afraid to say, you know what? I really don't know. Or I really don't have an opinion on that. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with going, you know what? I don't know much about that. I, I don't know. I don't have an opinion because I don't want to, everyone has to like have, you know, the, in, uh, some kind of stance on everything or they'll have a contrary, you know, or the, we all have to have that friend that has to be contrarian about everything. Oh, yeah. No, devil's advocate, you know, just, oh, yeah. shut up. Shut up. You yeah, know, yeah, just yeah. shut up, bro. <laughs> like, you know, it's, yeah. it's it, yeah. It's not not. There are plenty of conspiracies out there. There's plenty of shady shit going on. You know that we that we do know. Like uh, I don't know, black people getting murdered by the cops and the cops getting away with it. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't much of a conspiracy. It just happens. It all, just gets all right day. in front of your yeah, face. Totally. And it's still happening. You yeah. know, like why don't we worry about that? You yeah. know. So it's like, yeah, it, it's 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 nuts. But. Um, I don't know. How, what have you guys been? Uh, so you're working construction. Yeah, actually, and, I and work with. Um, you got fatty. John's got fatty vegan now. Fatty vegan. Restaurant tour. Yeah, yeah. I actually work. I do the same job as your old bandmate Warren. Hmm. So I'm an okay, instructor so for the for local twelve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like Warren's out in Burbank, man. Like building shit. Yeah, he went back and, to work. Uh, actually, he was a teacher for a long time, a crane instructor, mm-hmm. and I teach yeah. dirt. Um, I do dirt work, uh, but we work for the training trust, local tool training trust. But yeah, he went back to work. I guess you know, make a lot more money out there. But, yeah. You know, yeah. What I've been doing is uh, just keeping busy as much as possible. Uh, I figured, you know, I've been playing bass in bands for like well, I don't know, close to twenty years. I figured I'd actually learn how to play it finally. Okay. So I've been actually, I'll actually pick that stupid thing up. Like, okay, right. four springs. And I've been uh, doing some writing, uh, like <clears throat> like uh, Final Conflict, we're actually not doing anything because uh, one of the band members' wife is a nurse mm-hmm. and is okay. is at risk constantly. So we've, we're not all getting together in that. With the Brats, we all have... Um, Everyone in the band, we we have to be very quarantined because we all have wives and and uh, significant others um, that uh, some are immune compromised. So we've had to be careful. So it actually benefited us because we've all had to be so careful that we have been able to rehearse. Um, 
we rehearse at a, at a studio that's like COVID safe and everything. And we wear masks when we rehearse and uh, keep our distance. And we've been writing, we're already like over uh, about half a record done okay. of a new oh, album. Nice. Our new record isn't even out yet. That was delayed because of COVID. Uh, so we've been, we've been writing. We, we took a little break on rehearsals when the numbers really spiked up. Yeah. And um, we decided, yeah, we don't need to, yeah, we, we're good, you know? Right. And so, but we're going to start resuming rehearsals in a few weeks and, uh, and get back on and start. So we're going to, like, our plan is we're going to release, the Brats will be releasing a brand new album in about three, four months. By the time that we're actually playing live shows, we'll be promoting a brand new record. And that will probably come out right after, like early to 2022. Yeah, so we're, a bunch of songs to play live. Yeah, yeah, we'll have a bunch, you know. It, but, it, you know, not that it'll matter. They still want us just to play Ultraviolence and just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ultraviolence, like, like, five times, please. Thank yeah, you. yeah, like, like yeah. Uh, my favorite of playing live shows is always when someone yells the song that you just played four songs ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, like, intently yelling at you, like, dude, listen to me, man. <laughs> You've got to play this song. And then you're like, what, which one? And you're like, we fucking played that four songs ago. I, it's like, I was in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I was having a cigarette. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy, crazy, man. Uh, the Brats. So, so the Brats was a band that you joined when you were in Austin, when you moved to Austin, Texas, right? Yeah. I was living in Austin and it was supposed to be temporary. Yeah, I was what, just going to fill in. What made you? Uh, what made you? What made you move to Austin, Texas, from lovely Los Angeles? It was uh, it was time yeah. for for a change. Uh, you know, my wife and I discussed it, and and um, it was just like let's let's. She she kind of had like this idea and a plan too, and 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 going to university out there, and I was spending so much time there anyways, like constantly flying out there because I was working with like five different Austin bands, and I really liked it. So why not, you know, and, and I've always been, I've always felt that like you should move somewhere else, like, like never stay where you're from. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but you should always go and try and live somewhere else yeah. because if you can make it somewhere else, you can make it anywhere, anywhere else on the planet. Right. And so I went lived there for about seven years and then, uh, and it was good, but then, um, it was time to leave. I had a really strong feeling that Trump was going to get elected. And there was a lot of thing about red state politics that uh, we couldn't tolerate. So it was like, and, and my parents were getting a little older and I knew I wasn't going to have much time with them. So it was time to come back home. Mm. So uh, moved back uh, like five years ago. Um, yeah, yeah. And I remember also you, cause you, you went out there before the major California push of moving to Austin. Right. Yeah, but man, as we were out there, it was like everybody started moving, and it and yeah. basically Austin turned into mini Los Angeles, in yeah. not the good ways about Los Angeles. Yeah, and and it was just rents were going up and and everything like that. And again, dealing even though Austin's an extremely liberal city, it's still a red state politically. Oh, it's yeah. still being run by old white guys in cowboy hats. Yeah. And um and it was just like, yeah, I don't think, you know, I don't want to stay here under uh, underneath a, a Republican president. You know, right. so it got out in the nick of time. 
Yeah. You know, and, and <clears throat> Southern California is my home. I grew up here, you know, and, and I, and I love it. And, and, uh, you know, I, I like, yeah. I like being back in California, but I, but I loved living in Texas as well. Like I, I, you know, there's a lot of great things about Austin and, and I really liked San Antonio and, and Houston and uh, Dallas as well. Like the major yeah. cities are awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a cool little spot down there. And I remember when you were moving back, you were like, it's just time. Just yeah. time to come home, you know. Like you weren't bummed on Austin or anything like that. It was just time to come home. Yeah, exactly. It was. It was time. Like you know, I only knew, I knew I had limited time with my family. Like my father just passed away on February 11th, okay. and uh, and and but but I knew like I wasn't gonna have much more time with them. My you know, so it was like it was time to come home. Yeah, yeah to be able to make that uh, adjustment for yourself to really you know focus on that is uh, it's so invaluable you know are we get so busy in our lives that you forget the real important parts of it you know what i mean spending time with your parents and family and all that stuff so for you to be able oh, to yeah. do that is great i did want to ask you know you touched on you know the trump thing you know i always see this you know this call back to the reagan era and trump the comparisons and stuff and for being a dude like you that grew up in these original you know the og punk times in the reagan era do you see real correlations? Do you think it's worse? What do you think about it? Like, do you, do you think about it like that? Or is it just another time in shit politics? I think that politics runs in cycles. Right. And, and I do think it's very, very similar to what was going on during the Reagan era. The significant difference uh, that just comes to mind right away is the fascism and the racism is just right out front. Yeah. This time. Like they're not hiding it. They're not, you know, and um, because you'll see a lot of people who romanticize Reagan and, uh, and and even like some liberals that'll sit there and say, you know, like that'll complain about Trump or the new Republicans. And they'll sit there and say, you know, it's not like the old, like old Republican party, like Reagan and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, fuck Reagan too. Fuck him then. Fuck him now. Fuck his politics. Mm -hmm. Um, He was just as racist, just as classist as the rest of them. He and, spoke and, a little bit better. Now, he, yeah, he, he could, he could speak a little bit better. Yeah, that was about he, it. <laughs> you know, he spoke a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, and one of the reasons why we have such a homeless prop problem nowadays is because back then they decided that they weren't going to fund the mentally ill and literally kick these people out in the street. Yeah. And that's what started the homeless epidemic across our country. I mean, that's just one of the many things. And yeah. trickle down economics, which doesn't work, that, you know, never worked. It only benefits, you know, the top tier. Mm-hmm. But um, the big difference is, is now like the Republican Party, you know, for so many years, they, they, their their uh, classism and their racism was was coded, you know, and, and behind the scenes. And now it's just like, you know, uh, you, you have like uh, a lot of talk radio kind of led into it. Guys like Rush Limbaugh that just pushed the envelope and kept pushing the extremities, which opened the gateways Um to to what led to Trump, you know, and and where people were like, that's acceptable, you know, yeah. like like so what if he says that, you know, that's yeah, why yeah. when a lot of people who supported Trump and they say, well, I like him because he speaks like me, and it's like, oh, so you're racist too? Yeah, 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 <laughs> no? yeah, 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 no, for sure. Good, that's yeah. good. No, well, you I know, always like, think like I would never want you in charge. A guy that speaks like him, like, I don't want that fucking, you're a moron. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, wanna, I, mean, I don't it, want that was, guy in charge, like, period. And they're like, yeah, he speaks like me. I'm like, that's not, 
that's not yeah. what that's not what I want, man. You know? Yeah, like like um, I've been really fortunate, like growing up in Southern California, and um, where I grew up was racially mixed. You right. know, so I've had throughout my life, I haven't, I've haven't had to. I've been fortunate not to have as many shitty uh, experiences of racism and hate directed at me because I wasn't white. Okay. Right. Right. Um, as other people, but the few that I've had, I've never been insulted by anybody in a, like uh, called, you know, a racial term, like a spick or a beaner or a wet back, you know, by anyone who was intelligent. Yeah. Right. Of course. Okay. Like it's just, you just never, it's just never happened, that, but not by one person that ever I went, you know, I don't agree with this person, but I understand they have a point about what where they're coming from. No, it's always been lowest common denominator, and and um, I think you know, like we're just, we're just at this point where it's just the the veil is off. There's no you know the Republican Party is now the Trump Party, and and it is it's all about me, me, me. Um, they have their their platform is this is crying about finally feeling the consequences of their shitty behavior. That's all they do. It's like CPAC this weekend was oh just whining about cancel culture. Want, not, not, not mentioning co- the COVID pandemic, not mentioning the economy, not, not talking anything, but complaining about cancel culture, which is consequence culture is what it is. Yeah. Consequence culture. You know, it's you do something or say something stupid you might face the consequences because and and uh but that's all the the republican party now has is just whining about playing the victim and oh you know cancel culture after me spreading falsehoods and um but no platform and that that's that's what they're going to go for now is this uh try to make people feel that they're being put you know trying to make white people think that they're the being oppressed and that they're, you know, just because everyone else is going to get treated equally. Like people yeah. keep forgetting that equal rights doesn't mean less for anyone. It's equal for all. You know, that's right. all it is. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not taking from taking a little chunk yeah. here and giving it over here. It's just raising these people up over here to the same level as everyone else. It's not bringing anyone else down. Or at yeah. least a little closer to the same. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, you know, but, but people just love to be shit on. They love to be, you know, humiliated. You know, they love to vote for a, a fake billionaire, a fake, you know, businessman. Like people voted for him the first election thinking that he was the guy that he was, that he was on the office. Sure. He's an ass. Sure. He says stupid things, but he's a really good businessman. He's never been a good businessman. Yeah. I don't know. He played one on reality TV and that's who they voted for. Yeah, you know, like, and um, you know, I hope he does run again because he doesn't have a chance in winning. He really doesn't. He's just going to further tarnish the Republican Party. Yeah, he's just splitting up the Republican, like the Republican. Yeah, he's just gonna. It's it's like that book that came out. Everything Trump touches dies, and it's a fact. And and I say this as like I'm not a I'm not a a Democrat. You know, I'm a I'm a left wing progressive thinker but a lot of my progressive thinking gets ruined by the reality of life as well you know but but i'm not like uh you know 
I'm not a Joe Biden fanatic. He wasn't my choice for president, you know, but, but I would have voted for a flaming dog turd if that was who, who ran against Trump because a flaming dog turd was still smarter than Trump and not as racist. You could have put, you could have put a German shepherd literally up for, for election. And I'll bet you the German shepherd would have won. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's like that same meme that went around when uh, everyone was trying to get a picture of a pickle to get more likes than Nickelback. It's like, it it completely happened like (laughs) immediately. But I did want to ask like, so obviously in all this, I've always said that bad politics makes great punk rock. Right. So, I mean, there's an argument for all these shit politics and reaction to Reagan back in the eighties spawned this massive movement of punk. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more to it than that, but you know, like, do you, was it that vibe back then? You know what I mean? Like, was that what fueled you into getting into punk rock? Was it political or was it just what was around? Like, how did you start getting into this whole entire music scene? How did I start getting into punk? Yeah, I mean, was it the Reagan era, that whole time and place, or was it just a... No, I actually, you know, man, um, I got to think, when did Reagan get elected? 80. 1980? Yeah. Okay, I kind of gateway through punk because I've always been a music fanatic, and I've always listened to everything, okay? So it kind of gatewayed in, like, 77, 78. I started, I got really into bands like like british new wave like punk had already uh, it was already around but i got really into like elvis costello and and american new wave stuff like when tom petty was considered new wave boomtown rats the pretenders and stuff like that i was and i knew what punk was but it just uh because i had seen like the sex pistols on some like news shows and stuff and it just kind of seemed like you know like okay that's dumb you know Mm -hmm. and then um what what the turnaround was for me was that I went and saw at the Los Cerritos Mall, which is still, that mall's still there. I went to go see Rock and Roll High School with a friend of mine, which had the Ramones in it. And I only knew a little bit about the Ramones, but we wanted to see the movie because it was, you know, like a modern rock and roll, you know, Roger Corman thing. And um, seeing that and seeing how cool the Ramones were. And then, you know, there's like what, like a, five or six songs that they just showed the band playing at the Roxy mm-hmm. and that live set performance is so dynamic. I was like, and again, like I already knew about punk and, and, uh, but that was my full blown exposure was watching that live scene on a big screen. And I was just like, okay, punk wow. is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. 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 I'm into yeah. this, you yeah. know? And then I, I immediately like got, I went to a music store and I went looking for some punk music and I bought the cassette London Calling. Mm. And that was still like, you know, in that gateway. I bought London Calling, then I went and bought Ramon's Road to Ruin. And then uh, I was like, okay, I like some punk, you know. I mean, London, now the, the whole jumping that's, that's a pretty, yeah. that's the a whole jumping pretty, into it yeah. was yeah. when I heard Black Flag, though. When I heard No Values on Rodney on the Rock, that was it for me. I was like, oh, I'm so in. And I literally went and buzzed my (coughs) head. And I, you know, went to the thrift store and I bought some, you know, leather uh, biker boots and put bandanas on them. And, you know, that was that was the end. 
you know, but the politics definitely came after that, you know, not not until like getting, you know, discovering bands like, uh, you know, uh, the dead Kennedys for sure. And then like reading the lyrics and like, what is this? Who, you know, getting the holiday in Cambodia single and wondering who the hell Pol Pot was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then I picked it up, you know, and yeah. wow, this guy screwed up. Okay. So now I understand what this means. Then learning about crass and hearing and reading about crash and slap crass and slash magazine, getting Nagasaki nightmare seven inch, you know, not knowing what they sound like, just being intrigued and then having all that literature in that record. Mm-hmm. And then it just snowballed from there, like NBC and, and a lot of the bands having a literature where I was kind of like, all right, I get this. Like, and wow, things are, you know, I've been listening to bands saying things are screwed up, but they're explaining why, how they why. get screwed up and yeah. why they're screwed up. Right, and, right. and that was, that was it, you know. Yeah, With because punk said, rock has been has been a political movement for so long, you know, almost in the background. Obviously, you have your caveats of people that just are doing their thing, but yeah, you know, it's been driven as a political genre it, of music for, been, forever. You know what been, I mean? It's always been a a, a, a left wing thing, but you didn't have to be political to enjoy it. Right? Yeah, you exactly. didn't have to be political to be a part of it. You could be fun. And and uh, you could just enjoy the music, but it's always had a leftist reactionary thing, yeah. you know, always. Yeah, and anybody that like, goes and says like like these these guys that go and say conservative is the new punk, no, it's not. No, it's not. You're cute, but it's not. And like, yeah, quit making that. excuses for being a shitty person. Like, you know, don't be. Yeah. A, that's like the Gigi Allen fan like right. explanation. It's punk. It's no, old. no, you're just an asshole. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, like, that's, that's, it's the old, the old school, like being an asshole just in the name of punk. You're like, that's not punk. That's just being a fucking asshole. Yeah, you know, you can be a you could be an asshole anywhere. You know, in yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't blame yeah. punk for being an asshole. You can be an asshole with a mohawk, and you can also be an asshole driving a gigantic raised truck. <laughs> it's the yeah. same same yeah. asshole man so, <laughs> different haircut you know so you mentioned so you mentioned uh the ramones movie and then uh no value by black no values by black flag what was your first show that you went to the first punk rock show the punk rock show sorry the first punk rock show yeah, yeah, yeah. okay first punk rock show like intentionally going to see intentionally, with, going, I, intentionally going with your friends you know what i mean like oh my gosh we're going that that excitement filled you know like Going to see the Plasmatics. I saw the Plasmatics at Perkins Palace on the tour for the Welcome to 1984 album, which was their second album. Yeah. And that was the first, like, deliberate punk rock show that I went to. Um, The first punk rock gig, like, local (laughs) show. Yeah. I actually just recently, because of the Nat at Radiation Records, he actually bought a flyer collection and he showed me the flyer and 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 i bought it or actually gave it to me is this this was the first punk show i ever went to which was the middle class dead skin the aesthetics at old world in huntington beach hell yeah man (laughs) and and i've i'd only seen this flyer in the possession of my friend who i went to the show with and he you know we i tried to trade he wouldn't he wouldn't let me have it and for years and it took uh you know I went 30 plus years, but I finally got a copy of the flyer. <laughs> this amazing, is the right? first local punk show I ever went to. Nice, nice. What year was that? What year was that? Uh, this was uh, 81. 
too, as well, it, with the date, July 31st. Um, you probably can't see it, but here's the most awesome thing, is it says on the bottom here, no poop allowed. <laughs> and and I completely forgot what it, and then a friend of mine, Steve, Steve, that I grew up with, reminded me what poop meant. And poop back then meant preppies or other posers. <laughs> oh, okay. So the poser term was being thrown around back then, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you're a, you know, oh, you're punk. You like Devo and the B-52s? You're a poser. Right. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so you went to your, so uh, the uh, Rock and Roll High School, you go see that. You go to your first show in 81. When did you, uh, when did you get around to joining Final Conflict? How did that all come about? Um, I met the guys in Final Conflict maybe in late 1984. I was, I was singing in this band called Convicted and, and, our, and the, and the Inconvicted, the drummer was this guy named Dave Phillips. We were both in Convicted and, and Final Conflict would, would rehearse in the room next to us. And we became like brother bands and Convicted and Final Conflict played it, sh- played shows together and um we just became really tight and then um one day they uh, jeff the guitar player says our bass player rob quit we need another bass player and so i was like hey my my friend my best friend warren he plays bass so warren joined final conflict mm-hmm. and then i don't know a few months go on and and dave phillips and i used to always whenever there was a break in our room we would go and watch final conflict rehearse because we loved them we thought you know we go god you know like i wish our band was as good as final conflict you know one day we're at the olympic and um we'd hang in with jeff and mary and a bunch all of us and get a little loose lip because we've been drinking those you know and uh we finally just say man you know like final conflict is so good man i wish you know we wish we were in your band and jeff's like really yeah and we're like uh yeah and he goes uh okay i'll just simplify it next thing i know a few days later jeff calls me and says i kicked out the singer and the drummer (laughs) we got rehearsal in a few days and i was like okay sweet man (laughs) well this is gonna be awkward (laughs) yeah um it it definitely was uh because i think jeff actually just told those guys i'm breaking up the band and then conveniently reformed the band (laughs) with us same name yeah yeah (laughs) and we you know we rehearse three days a week um we would rehearse tuesdays thursdays and sundays like man like and just and i we recorded the first demo tape i think we'd only been playing together like maybe two months but we were tight as hell because like dave phillips was an amazing drummer Mm -hmm. and um you know and I'm playing with my best friend is it in the band on bass. And, um, you know, it kind of took off from there because we were lucky because, uh, we just had like the right people seem to like what we we're doing. Like if it had, you know, most important ones aside from Jeff Harp, who wrote the songs, um, was big Frank who, who once he heard our demo tape, just put us on so many shows that he liked us so much. And, and frank was like that like if he liked your band and that meant that you had to be good or he or he knew that you were really believing in what you did he'd give you a shot and he didn't just help us out he helped out so many bands but if it wasn't for big frank 
helping us and getting us on so many shows. I mean, man, we opened up for the bad brains. Yeah. We opened up for like the first show that we ever did. We opened up for conflict and government issue at Fender's ballroom. Nice. Like that was the first show I ever did with final conflict. Um, we got to play with everybody. Cool. Um, and then, and then Pusshead gets a demo and then contacts us and says, do you want to put out a record on my label? And it was those two guys, like, you know, if, if it hadn't been for those two guys, we would have just been this obscure band that released a demo tape that people would talk about once in a great while, you know, and like, we're still very much a cult band, you know, we're not a, we're not a big band. We're a band that gets remembered, you know, like by, or, or much bigger bands will be seen wearing our t-shirts. Is is it still surprising to you that punk rock has continued this legacy for almost 40 plus years at this point? I mean, at any point you just look, think back and go, dude, what a trip. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is, but it makes me feel good because it, 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 what it did what it's done is it's legitimized what we were saying when we were kids all along like man this is not a phase this is a real thing this isn't a trend right like like this is real music like and it's saying something like i've always equated um punk as to like uh just a you know another another type of blues you know it's working people's music that they get their frustrations out and tell tell their stories, you know? And, um, I mean, if you think about it, it's almost one of the last working types of music invented, you know what I mean? You know, where like, I mean, I guess hip hop, hip hop, hip hop would probably be the last, the last thing that was invented, but punk rock is right before it. Yeah. Like, and, and, like, the last music invented where, when you hear it, it's a music of the people, you know, not this pop shit. Yeah. And, and I, I think I talk about this thing a lot about modern culture and stuff. And the thing that, that makes me sad and I, I really want to be proven wrong is like, um, you know, punk had, had brought a cultural shift with it, you know, yeah. that's still being felt today. Like in, in, even in fashion and in politics and in sound, I mean, there's, there's like modern pop music that has like, you know, where the vocalist is screaming and the guitars are super fast and that's, pop, that's stolen from punk, which yeah. is great. It, it, it shows, but the one thing that makes me sad, and again, I hope I get proved wrong is we haven't, I, I really hope that we haven't, people have become so distanced from music that we're not going to have another cultural shift. Cause like we haven't had one since like, uh, really since like Nirvana yeah. And and since Nirvana, like in yeah. and hip hop, where where a band came and they didn't just change the way people thought about music, but a cultural shift came with them. Mm-hmm. Like that happened with the Ramones and the Sex Pistols, and then you move on and uh, well, like and it, it is it started even further back, you know, in the sixties. Yeah, the when you start you think about Hendrix and the Beatles and all that, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Where, where, where it wasn't just a record blew people's minds. It, it a cultural shift came with it. And then mm. punk did it, did it a second time in the nineties. Then you have grunge. Um prior to that you had even Guns N' Roses, however anyone feels about them. Yeah, it definitely it brought a cultural shift. Because Guns N' Roses was was a death knell to really bad, horrible 
hair rock and, and right. poodle rock stuff where <laughs> I, I, I saw Guns N' Roses when they were a local band. <clears throat> I got dragged to that to see them oh, headline at the Troubadour by a girlfriend of mine who was really into like glam punk, like Hanoi Rocks and stuff like that. And she, I made her go see COC in Compton when she didn't want to go to the show because she couldn't stand COC. So she said, I'll go to this show, but you're going to, you go with me to go see Guns N' Roses at the Troubadour. Okay, fine. And I thought I'd get out of it, but I didn't. So we go to see Guns N' Roses and it's these pretty lame, glammy opening bands. And she goes, listen, you're going to like Guns N' Roses. You love early Aerosmith. You love the Sex Pistols. This is exactly what they're like. They're like the first two Aerosmith albums and Sex Pistols never mind the bullets. That's a good comparison, actually. And I was like, bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. They go on stage. The first song was Welcome to the Jungle. And this this was like 1985. To hear that that live, to hear that live instead of on the record for the first time would probably be fucking like, holy shit. Exactly. And like they got into their second song and I just looked at her and I said, you were right. I was wrong. I was like, these guys have like, it's punk attitude and swagger with the Rolling Stones. Mm -hmm. Like, and I was just completely blown away. I saw them so many times after that as a local band. Um, You know, so the thing is, is like, I think, you know, another band maybe that brought that was Metallica. And we're not going to, I don't know if we're going to have another Metallica or another Guns N' Roses or another Public Enemy or another, like a band that brings a culture shift. And I hope I'm wrong, but even like some of the later period bands that I do think are great, like bands, like I I really like Radiohead. I look forward to their new material, Mm -hmm. but they didn't cause a cultural shift. No. Black, Black metal did to an extent, not necessarily a cultural shift that was, uh, there was a lot of bad stuff like the national socialism that got attached to it, but it, it brought, it brought some, cause there's a lot of black metal stuff that I, I mean, I like a lot. Cause I, I like all kinds of music, but I just, I really hope that, that there's something that happens that makes younger people go, Oh fuck. Yeah. And I'm going to pick up a guitar and I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make, a noise and I'm going to scream or, or, and I'm going to so, cause screw all this bullshit. But all I ever see is when it isn't some, you know, retro band on Saturday Night Live, it's these fucking dweebs with little keyboards going boop, boop, beep, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, and I'm just like, Oh God, like there's these yeah. things running through my head right now yeah. that are almost borderline. Like, macho like where i want to punch like every single band member yeah like like i look at you and i want to punch you like this music is crap yeah and i know that you put it together you didn't even play it live in the studio you put it all together yeah you and then together. you learned how to play it live so you could play it live right, like right. Uh, you know i mean there's plenty of newer bands that are that are out you know, that like there's plenty of new punk bands that form that are great and stuff. I'm not saying that there's no new good shit, but what I'm talking about is a something a that real happens cultural shift. Yeah. a real cultural shift. And, yeah. and I, I, I get bummed when I think like maybe cause, cause people don't, there's not as many people that appreciate music. They didn't have the experiences we had when you would get, like get a record. Like I could pull out any of these records in behind me and I could tell you, 
where I got it. Like, and if I got it, like when I was much younger, I could even tell you like rode my 10 speed down beach Boulevard, went in the tower records, went to go buy SSD control kits of the say, but they didn't have that, but they had this, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. I could tell you like, like it's just a different time and I we think- have so many more distractions that people just don't get attached to music as much as they used to. Well, the thing, like, like what I see, I mean, with, especially with like my own kids is that we're a generate, it's a generation that boredom isn't allowed, you know, and boredom is what, is what births all of our, our lives. You know what I mean? Like you do it because you're bored and this is what you want to do and you fill your time doing what we've done you know nowadays the kids are just so if they're not you know if if everything's not uh they're not stimulated 100 percent of the time they can't do anything yeah you know you're 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 totally right like and 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 it's the same with us as adults like you know try like not fooling with your phone when you're when you're watching a movie and i'm guilty of it too oh yeah you know it's like i I don't i don't I don't pay attention to a lot of social media aside from like Instagram. That's my only social media thing that I, um, I, I interact with, right. Um, uh, with other people or anything. And then I have a Twitter, but I, it's just so I can follow other people. I don't, it's not a Ron yeah. Martinez Twitter or anything like that. It's just so I can follow certain people that like, like pundits and, and mus- musicians and artists that I like. And and I just I don't even bother with the comments on them. I just read what the people I follow post, and and that's it. Yeah. I got rid of Facebook a long time ago. No regrets yeah. of that. I think I got it's like been over five years. I I yeah. haven't had Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. even like speaking to that cultural shift thing, you know, it's like we we talk about it a lot. Like, you know, the modern day world genres are dead, dude. You know what I mean? Like, and you there's a real argument that a band like Death Grips really caught a weird cultural shift. You know what I mean? With this just out of control multi-genre chaos that came out you know what i mean and i think a lot like as a, as a punk who still loves you know i love all my shit you know neurosis and zero's gone fucking all all the bands like i've had to really realize that there are these things happening and they're they're stemmed in the genres that i loved but they are operating under different landscapes you know what i mean like because when you hear bands like that that are just so raw and they scared the shit out of the modern, you know, the modern world a little bit, you know what I mean? And other bands like that, you know what I mean? I think it's just, I, I have to take myself to really, I have to roll it back and think like, you know, I, I, I still like to be surprised by the fact that there are people doing interesting, cool shit. Whereas when you were a punk, you know, you were allowed to like Devo and then also Queen, and then also all these things, whereas the kids now do as well, you know what I mean? My daughter listens to everything from Duran Duran to the, like, most wild YouTube video game songs, you know what I mean? And they just, the, these new, some of these newer bands are incorporating every genre of music, and some of them are not doing it well, but some of them are doing it really well in, like, interesting, really interesting ways, you know what I mean? Will it cause a real uh, uh, paradigm shift in the culture? I don't know, but it's very possible to be in a way we never expected. You know what I mean? I think with nowadays, though, it's hard. Like, I understand that that stuff's happening, but I don't see it as a paradigm shift. Yeah. As far as, like, what, like, Nirvana did. Right. The Ramones and Punk Rock did. You know, even, like, what Guns N' Roses did. You know, he was saying. 
just because like there's so much of that stuff being flung out into the sea of the internet right that the nothing has staying power well that that's another art yeah that's definitely an argument man I mean, like, like right know. now right now the the mental capacity of humans cannot handle staying power yeah something has to happen something has to yeah. change yeah and then it, and or, it, like, and like, it, yeah and the stuff flying at people like gets in the way of of something else catching fire because it's like a good i think a good way of explaining it is like in a, in a, whether you like the band or not like a band like iron maiden or a band like metallica or you too okay like those three those are huge huge arena bands and they yeah. they had they still have their their followers of the 80s that that were there when they started and they even have young followers mm-hmm. like yeah. not just the kids of the fan of the original fans okay they like kids gravitate to that or mm-hmm. or led zeppelin and the, but when those bands are gone, when, when Metallica finally says we're done playing live or done recording and, and Iron Maiden, especially when Iron Maiden hangs yeah. it up and, and, and uh, Judas Priest, it's like, mm-hmm. well, th- there's no one to replace them. Yeah. Who, and who and now I'm not saying that there's not heavy metal bands or there's not punk bands or any genre that can't, aren't good enough, if not better than those bands. Yeah. But they're like, like John said, so much stuff is coming at people. Yeah. That they don't get to catch fire like they they don't get to like absorb themselves like we did in bands because the lack of information so again i, I worry like that they'll never i want there to still be superhero rock star bands yeah so so young people can be inspired and go i want to continue to make music you know like yeah. and yeah. and do something and I, I never thought about that till you brought that up, John. And that that is definitely is yeah. one of the bad things about the internet. It's like too much information, too much stuff coming at you, and never letting you know, never letting these these newer bands, these hard workers, talented, never get a foothold in people's you know minds because it's just so much stuff's coming at you. Well, and then, yeah. nobody, everyone feels like they got to be on top of everything and they can't just slow down. Everything, you know? yeah, everyone has to be, I mean, and I mean, even it comes like the basic thing of, you know, when you would hang out with your friends back in the day and we'd all sit around and listen to music, that was the only thing that was happening in the room. Right. Was music that was on the record player and maybe us hanging out, drinking some beers, you know what I mean? But we were all about this record that was on. Now, yeah. now you're hanging out with five or six people, everyone's sitting there looking at their own phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you, you go. Yeah, in you silence. go. You go into green rooms nowadays, and they're the most boring things in the world. Everyone's just sitting there looking at their own fucking phone. Yeah, you know, their, their, like, own, their own little world. Like, little like, world. like John, remember, like when we were kids, and you'd go, like maybe two of your other friends to the record store, and you would assign each other, like, okay, now you buy this one, I'm yeah. gonna buy the black flag, and yeah. you buy. You buy the Germs album, and then totally. I'll borrow yours in a couple of days and tape it, and you could borrow mine. Like, yep. and and that's what it was all about. And yeah, and then getting together and like talking about the record and playing the record. Now it's just like, hey, check this record out, and you play one song. Okay, yeah, all right, you know, yeah. and then yeah. you move on. Move like, on. oh, check well, out this like, movie. Like, uh, uh, what one thing that I've said for a while now is. Finding a new band now is so different because, you know, back in the day was, you know, you discover a band from a thank you list. Check yeah. it out. Okay. Or the cool. t-shirt they were wearing. All right. Whatever. We got, yeah. All right. I got to search for this band. Now I got to search for mm-hmm. this band. Like search high and low for this fucking record. Mm-hmm. 
And now, and then when you'd find it, when you'd finally get it, it was like the fucking holy grail and you would play that thing to death. Oh, yeah. Now, now it's, oh, you hear about this band? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, let me check out this band. Okay. Oh, here's a live show. Okay, cool. All right. Let me watch a live show. Oh, that was cool. All right. Let me download the record over here. All right. That was cool. All right. On to the next. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you, you get everything right there and you're, and you're not even like, oh, I it's not even like, man, I want to see that band live one day. It's like, I can see him on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, yeah, one of my all, my one of the best bands, my favorite, and I think one of the greatest bands ever, Motorhead. I learned about Motorhead because I really liked Vice Squad. It's like 1982. I see a picture of one of the guys in Vice Squad wearing this cool shirt, and it says Motorhead, and it's got this beast thing on it. And then a few days later, I'm looking in this like flip side or something. There's GBH, and one of them is wearing a Motorhead shirt. I'm like. I got to find out about this band because yeah. two of my favorite bands have just, okay, they got to be cool because two cool bands like it. Like it. And then yeah. I <laughs> yeah. discovered Motorhead. And that's how a lot, in the same thing, you kept seeing a band's name on thank you list or something. And then you were like, I got to find it. Oh, wait, I found out they have a demo tape. Well, who's got it? Yeah. And tape trading with people. And when they yeah. come, yeah, it was like, ah, you know, oh, and you play it and it was like, and now it's just like, you know, at your fingertips and then it's just kind of like oh that was cool all right lost. next all right lost now, in the now ether gonna, yeah. now i'm gonna go back yeah. and do my shit do my stuff yeah it's uh, tough man it's tough to navigate you know what i mean i, I think we're we're gonna have a lot harder time with it than the new generation of people <laughs> you know what I mean? oh yeah they're like my see my kids are okay at managing that stuff i mean they're all spend too much time on their phones and we do too but you know it's just a trippy trippy yeah, world just, that i'm starting like, to see you know i mean they like it's it's like every generation. Every generation will come through and be like adapted to what mm-hmm. we're complaining about. Yeah, you know. What I, I mean, mean, I didn't grow up with the it's internet. No I was like the but, last generation that didn't grow up with the internet. I'm glad. I mean? I'm glad we didn't grow up like they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For, especially right now, man. Me, but you know. I'm yeah, it, it's a trip, man. I don't know. It's um, it's just so hard for me to. You know, you see, like, even when Lemmy died, man, I I really had a – and Bowie, you know, I was like, there are – it really made me realize, like, you are right. There There is a limited lifespan for the old culture that we knew, and it's going to all go away one day. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you never – you know, Even like, with Black Sabbath not playing anymore, and all, you're just like, damn, dude. Like, you're just starting to see him, bink, bink, bink. These oh, yeah, cars and it's going to continue. You know? It's going to continue. And you never thought about Lemmy dying. You knew he would, but you never thought about it. And like, we went and saw his, the last time he performed in um, Austin, I was still living there. Mm -hmm. And it it was during a tour that they did with Saxon. He didn't make it past the second song. And I could tell like, Oh, he sounds rough. He looks rough. He stopped. Uh, They did uh you know, like, I think he just stopped and he goes, I'm sorry, I can't do this. He walks off stage. And then about maybe three or four minutes later, he came, they, he walked back out and he apologized to the crowd. He goes, I'm really sick. I pr- I'm going to, I promise I'm going to come back. Thank yeah. you so much. And me and, and the guys in the brats, I mean, we were like, you know, Fuck. almost tears in our eyes. Yeah, and dude. Like, That's the last time we're going to see him. Yeah. That's, wow. It's scary. And, it's wild, man. Yeah. Like in, you know, he ended up uh, finishing that tour. I think they took a, a, almost a week off, but he did finish that tour and he got better. But yeah, I mean, 
yeah. you just always thought of him as immortal. And when, when he died, you knew like, okay, yeah, anyone, no, no one, no one is in, infallible. No one know? gets out of this. Yeah. No one gets out of it. That lifestyle. But it's inspiring. Cause you know, there is almost no punker motherfucker on earth. Someone that completely lived his truest life, his true self, to the day he fucking died, that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, and no one that. had a bad story about him. Not one person. In the whole Me Too culture, everyone's a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, I, really, like, have you ever really heard anything seriously bad about the guy? Like, you know, yeah, he was yeah, a speed I mean, addict, all these things, you know, but... You never hear anything like that about him. You know what I mean? I think, yeah, because he just lived his life pretty transparent. Like, what you saw was what you got. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. Um, you know, it, but uh, it, it's, um, you know, a, 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 and now I'm like going, you know, uh, Lemmy's dead, but there will be a new Kid Rock record. Great. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, uh, Don't worry. Limp Biscuits getting back together. We'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like, you know, oh, God, dude. That's going to be, you know? be our little quote from this podcast when we're advertising it. Yeah, for sure. He is dead, but there will be a new Kid Rock record. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, that's, like, always what, what I think of whenever, like, somebody I care about dies, you know, like, <laughs> Even when my father passed away, I was like, my dad is dead and Trump isn't. This is bullshit. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, and, and yeah, like when Lemmy died, I was like, oh yeah, but don't worry. There's, you know, going to be a Kid Rock record and Rage Against the Machine just announced getting back together again. Awesome. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh... Um, so at the, at the top of this podcast, you mentioned that like, you know, Minor Threat got back together you would fucking have to question, uh, you know, going out there and COVID, COVID practices and stuff like that. Uh, you've seen Minor Threat, right? Yes. And okay, I you saw Minor Threat. And photographic there is, evidence. There is, a, there is quite a famous picture. Uh, give us the story behind that. First of all, I tried to find that picture on the internet. I don't know how to search that for that photo. Just put Minor Threat, Los Angeles, Ed Culver. And then it okay. comes up because it's an Ed Culver picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was it was it Torrance eighty two. It was it was at the Alpine Village in Torrance. The lineup was the Dead Kennedys, Minor Threat, MDC, the Zero Boys, and the Detonators. Jesus Christ! How the fuck do you go to shows after that? Like, I mean, if that was like, would have I mean, been like. That was you know, the norm. But you know what's almost as good as as that story of getting to see that show and how amazing, and I remember everything about that show, like every band was amazing, but was the story of getting there because Warren Renfro drove us there and we went to that show in Warren's dad's pickup truck, this old Ford, was it a Ford or a Chevy, but old school, you know, with the, the tailgate, with the chain tailgate, you know? Oh yeah. And it was a, a truck full of us punkers, three in the front, in the front cab, and then the rest, just all of us in the back of the truck. Yeah. Piled in. All the way, like from Fullerton <laughs> all the way to Torrance, like, ah, in the back and screaming and going nuts. And then after the show's done, same thing. Ah, that show was great. And I was just screaming, you know, and like, now you couldn't get away with that, you know, like. No, can't, no. I don't know. Is, isn't it against the law to be in the back of a truck without it, a cab? Yeah, seatbelt seat belt laws. Seat yeah, seatbelt. You can't but even yeah, put your like, dog back there now without it being a problem, you know? Yes. Yeah. So, 
but that's like I remember us going to the going to that show that way and like that and that's how much like we are not missing this show and it was like Warren I think was the only one that could get a car and it was the truck so it's like well so be it we're going in the back of the truck yeah yeah you know so uh so when when did you ever just when did you discover that picture we'll we'll show the picture on the podcast uh um when did when did you discover that picture and what was going on in it you know, at the, at oh, the it's just yeah, a bunch of kids piling yeah, dog piling on the stage, yeah. surrounding Ian and screaming into the mic, and, and 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 it's me and Pat Dubar, the singer, uniform choice in that, it, uh, like the most recognizable. There's even another one of the crowd where Big Frank's in it that I've seen on the internet from the another another Ed Culver shot. But anyways, um, the first time I ever saw it was a friend of mine. And this had to have been about 1984. My friend, uh, Joy Aoki, uh, who was a writer for Flipside, and she actually, like, did some artwork. Like, she painted the album cover for uh, Bad Religion Against the Grain. And the uh, couple of she was a friend. And she ended up befriending Ed Culver. And um, I was at her house. She goes, oh, check out these photos I got from, from Ed. And she starts showing me these just amazing shots of Christian death and just classic pictures. And all of a sudden, he goes, look at this minor threat one. And, and it's that photograph of all of us together. And uh, I go, that's me. And she looks at, oh, holy shit, it is. And I'm like, can I have this photo? And that was the first time I knew it existed. And she was like, no, but I'll talk to Ed about getting you one. And it never, never it's materialized. Never and then, so fast forward, uh, you know, I don't know what, 10 years ago, maybe, and I'm, I'm dr- driving, or I was somewhere, no, I wasn't driving, but I get a phone call on my cell phone, and I answer it, and this guy goes, hey, you don't know who I am, but um, I'm at this art exhibit in Santa Ana, for these all these old Ed Culver pictures and there's a photo of Minor Thread and you're in it and I'm like uh is it like a picture of Ian McKay with a bunch of heads like around you he goes yeah I'm looking at it and it's really huge and I'm like where are you at so he tells me and it turns out it's this punk art exhibit and it was it was all these Ed Culver pictures um and it was mixed media and, and photographs so um, we went to, we, we found where it was and we went and lo and behold, it, that picture was huge. And, um, I've got a funny story to tell that ties in with this. Okay. 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 Perfect. Okay. So I'm just like, wow. Awesome. And one day I'd love to be able to get one of those photos. So fast forward a few years later and I'm at the Ventura Warp Tour yeah. and, uh, DOA and Channel 3 had both played that that warp tour uh, at the local the, punk stage where they had, right. they had the, old, the, the old school punk stage. Yeah. The old school stage. So I, I was, I was there and um, anyhow uh, we are uh, and Ed Culver actually had a merch booth and he had that photograph up like with a bunch of prints for sale and everything. And um, I'm, I'm talking with Mike from channel three and Joe, Joey shithead and I point out the photo. I go, check out that photo. That's me. And they both look at it. And they're like, oh, shit, that is you. You know, like, how old were you? And I'm like, oh, I was 17, you know. And we start talking. And 
Ed Culver walks up and uh, they, they've known him for years. And they're like, hey, Ed, you know, hey, meet our uh, Ron, our booking agent and stuff. Well, check this out. That kid right there, that's Ron. And so he looks at his photo and he goes, wow, that is you. And I'm thinking in my head, here's my, I'm, oh, great. This is Gateway. You know, like he's making all this money off this print, you know, because he's been getting shown everywhere. I'm like, here's, oh, please. He goes, Ed Colbert goes, you know, we're going to have to talk, man, because uh, I got to get you one of these. And I'm like, oh, yes, I'm finally going to get one and I'm not going to have to pay hundreds of dollars for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm, and, and right then and there, uh, you know what? I'm going to leave this guy's name out just because he's not here to defend himself, but he's a fucking tool. <laughs> and he's a lead singer of another, of a punk band. And anyone that knows me knows he and I don't get along very well. I, I insult him. He doesn't have a good comeback and I just make fun of him all the time, but the dude's a tool. And this guy comes and ruins. He's like bad luck schlep rock. And he literally interrupts our, he sees us talking, he goes, hey guys. And he goes, hey, Ron, did I ever tell you about when Ed took my band's photo? And he just takes over the conversation oh, and I knew what was going to happen. And as he's talking, Joey Shithead walks away and Mike McGran walks away from Channel 3 and I'm there. And then the very first chance he gets, Ed Culver just disappears. And I'm oh. stuck with this fucking guy. And I just go, uh and I'm like, later, dude, uh, whatever. Ed Culver never returned to the photo, never came back to the booth. Oh, movie. man. I still haven't never gotten a print. Oh, and, and, damn. Yeah. But, yeah, this Well, photo, I would definitely yeah. like to know that guy's name when we're done uh, recording. I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> the only reason why is yeah. because um, I would hate to – hurt the feelings of one of his band's fans, you know, right, right, and, right. and also he's not here to defend himself. Right. Like, and say, Hey man, like, you know, whatever. I but, didn't know. You know I, I didn't know I cock blocked you on a 30 year process you've been working on here. <laughs> it's like, fuck, yeah, man. well, this guy's kind of notoriously known for taking yeah. or exhausting people in a room. A punisher. Like, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. He's a, a very well-known punisher. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah. Right. So, right. Well, Sure, I know him well. But but you know what? I got a good story out of it, so it's still yeah, kind yeah, of cool. yeah, 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 like, yeah, like yeah. that photo is my holy grail. It'll be so much sweeter when you actually do get it. You know what I mean? If I do get it, yeah. Like yeah. If now, I, now you're down to if. It's, yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding? Me? I, I do have the book though. I bought the book, and and, okay. and it's really big there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like uh uh. Any any time I've ever gotten some attitude from some hardcore guy, I've always thrown that in. Like, well, at least one of us in this room has seen Minor Threat, and it's not <laughs> you. <laughs> at least one of these guys is dogpiled on Ian McKay, and it yeah. ain't you, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I knew Ian when he was angry. <laughs> yeah. that, that 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 performance was was amazing, and it was like, from the first note, they opened up with Screaming at a Wall. That was the first song. And it was from the first note, it was like someone opened up a can of whoop ass and the room just exploded. And in the best way, it was not violent. It was just, you could even tell that they didn't expect the response. Because at the time, 
they had just the two seven inches out and then the songs on the flex your head comp. And that was what the live set was. It was all those songs. People demanded an encore. So they did screaming at a wall again. And I think stepping stone for a second time or one, two, X, two for a second time. Cause they, they didn't have anything else. uh, They came back to LA again on the out of step tour. Mm -hmm. And I didn't catch them. They played Chatsworth on that. Um, I couldn't get a ride that far because when you're, you know, yeah. seven, 18 years old, Chatsworth, Chatsworth. Uh, drive an hour away is like yeah. six hours, you know. Might as well be in Arizona, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, all right, man. That's amazing, yeah. dude. But yeah, yeah. yeah. mine, you know, know, one of the greatest bands ever, one of my all time favorites. That band can do no wrong in my book. And you know what? I, I feel that rooms don't go off like that anymore. Like that kind of chaos, you know what I mean? Like that, that 80s and even into like the early to mid 90s, even late 90s, that kind of just were like a room that, I mean, even, I mean, there's bands in the 2000s, early 2000s, I guess. But like the chaos, like, I feel that like people now that go off, the kids that go off at shows, are just replicating videos that they've seen of kids going off at right. shows. Instead of doing what kids in like the 80s and 90s were doing, which was just fucking losing their minds right. to the music. Um, in a weird way, you know? I, I, you, you know what, man? Annihilation Time might be, like, there's been some wild Annihilation Time shows that know, I've been to. People I, I fucking think, go off, it, dude. You know what I mean? I I'm not saying it's what, the same, but... There's been a few Annihilation Time shows where you're like, Jesus. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know what? It, it's happening. We're just the old guys in the back of the room, and we're, we're not at those shows. Yeah. We're not in it it's anymore. definitely yeah. happening somewhere. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, like, I can think of quite a few, like, like fucked up shows. Like, years oh, ago, yeah. That were, I was just like, yeah. yes, this is why I got into punk rock. Like, this, right. thank you, fucked up, for reminding me why I do this, you know, like, and I, and I've seen younger bands that have, maybe even if the crowd isn't responding, like, I think they should, the band is out and I'm like, yes, this is, this is why I still am involved in this for bands like this, these, these, these four little assholes that are really (laughs) doing their thing. They're really doing it. Um, And there's a very few, I mean, being, you know, I'm 55 now. I've been going to punk shows since I was 14, 15. I've been fortunate to see so many great bands. And the thing that sucks at my age is when I get told about a band, you got to see this band or, oh, this band's great. And unfortunately, the 55-year-old jaded fuck I am will see this band. And 90% of the time, I'll be like, oh, this band is good. But this is just the Delta Five, like straight up. Right. It's Delta Five and a little bit of Butthole Surfers, you know. Like I've yeah. seen this before, but I understand. But I understand why these people are going nuts because they never, they didn't get to see the Delta Five or or get, or, or get experience the Delta Five when they were around, or, or you, everything is derivative. But there still is like some of the bands that like are around and not exactly newer, uh, well newish bands, like bands that I I think are great, or like bands like Surfboard. Because they're genuine fucking weirdos. Yeah. Like, I love that band. And, and they're, they really have that, hey, man, if you dig it, that's awesome. If not, that's cool because we're not here for you, you yeah. know? And they're, they're genuine weirdos because, like, 
I miss going to, I, I love when I get to see a band where I actually feel the, where it's so chaotic around you and you actually feel like something could go wrong any minute. The cops are going to bust in and crack heads and it's scary and exciting at the same time. Like that was like what we got experienced when we were young. Oh yeah. The old, the old threat of the old threat of getting stabbed just isn't there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. but, but I'm unfortunate to have, like, I remember going to see the band Gehenna, the infamous Gehenna from Reno, Nevada. And they did that to me. Like where I was just like, I met the singer he said they were playing. I ended up in this little community center room and they just fucking tore that place apart. The singer even tackled me like, and, and, but, and I wasn't mad. I was like, fuck, these guys are making punk scary. Like, this is great. Like this is, yeah. and the band's awesome, you know? And like, I like seeing, seeing that, you know? Um, I think, some of it is killed, like that energy level does get killed, like certain elements of the hardcore scene where they do that that garbage, that uh, crowd killing stuff. Right, right. And that's right. really just the hardcore that's just really a bunch of people who aren't really attached to the music because if they knew the if they knew the lyrics yeah. to the songs, they'd be up front screaming them and screaming along with the band. But right. most of these people, they all listen to their music through the internet, and they don't own the physical product. They don't or and if they do, they don't look at the lyric sheets. So it's just an, it's just their way of getting their energy out or whatever. Yeah. And, and and the few times I've gone to hardcore shows and that crowd killing stuff, man, it, it I definitely feel like an old man where I want to scold them and like, <laughs> I'm out in the room with that bullshit, man. Let the people who want to. But I, I got to remember, not my scene. I'm just, mm-hmm. a, I'm not, I'm a tourist. Yeah. And, and just... If, if the kids, the younger kids who who want to be scrappy, want to stop them, it's up to them to stop them and tell them yeah. to quit being assholes. It's not my job, you know. Yeah, but yeah. that heard- shit used to bum me out so bad, dude. I just you you got this really killer show, and the pit is completely cleared out for six assholes throwing karate kicks at each other. You know, and no yeah. one can enjoy anything going on around them. You're just like, damn, dude. It just I hated that shit, man. It just bums me out. Yeah. yeah, you know, but but it's, it is. It's up to the crowd to police right. themselves, and and it's up to the crowd that if they don't like it to say, "Hey, quit being fucking assholes." You know, they mm-hmm. can't. You know, that was the thing that we did when we were kids, and sometimes you got to get a fat lip and a black eye, you oh, know, yeah. to, to make your point be known. You know, and and um, again, they, you know, if I'm at a hardcore show, they don't need a 55 year old dude telling them how it is. Right? They don't. <laughs> they really don't. What's going on? Back in my day, yeah. you know, yeah. Back in my day, I always did. I always did stage. like, you know, I always did like when the crowd would correct the behavior. You know, what I mean, it's. I, I saw. I was at a show one time, and they there was like a couple guys, and it was like so un, inappropriate to even start throwing karate kicks. It was like it was a fucking punk show, you know. These guys start trick kicking, and literally the crowd picked one of the guys up and and crowd surfed him out of the back. Like, he, like he had no choice. They just like, like he was on top of the crowd. And everyone was just kind of waffling him back out of the fucking. And they landed like at the end, back side of the stage, you know, or at the back side of the venue. And you're like, I guess he's done. You know, <laughs> fuck, dude. Oh, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, it was awesome, it was man. Hilarious. It, 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 it's I I I didn't learn until later today, but like today actually was a year ago. Today was I played my last live show since COVID, the lower class brats we mm-hmm. played a festival in uh, Florida. Um, I think it was uh, kind of North of Miami, like 
uh, we played it at Respectable Street. What city is that? Tampa. Uh, that no, Respectable Street is my is Tampa. Is Tampa. it Tampa? It's Tampa or like what is that right above it? What's that? Or right Fort above? Lauderdale. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I have no well, idea. We we actually a year ago today was the last show I played, and one of the coolest things happened. West Bronx, in West uh, this punk from uh, Austin was at the thing, and she crowd surfed on an inflatable dolphin while <laughs> nice. we played. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! And and, and that kind of goofy fun stuff is like one of the things that I like. I like right. about shows and 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 stuff but uh so if that is the last time i ever play at least i got to say i saw a punk maiden crowd surfing on a, a, <laughs> a dolphin, dolphin you know yeah yeah I go well, out like that, that that would be okay respectable street is in west palm that's that west like, palm beach art, that's, that's it that art place right yeah it's like an art place, and it ha- and like the green rooms up like outside and up yeah outside and up and the that- the lady that the lady that runs it is a little uh she's a little kooky. Um I, I didn't I didn't have any interaction we didn't have any interaction with that. Um it was our friends that rented out the place and it was okay. it was a really cool like blank 77 punk fest thing. Yeah. I I went there we uh we were there I was there with strung out casualties last time we played there. Okay. And that lady that runs it she's uh she's very Miami you know yeah like florida like, man like, florida is like florida's a different world man it's just a trip down there it's just like hey everything's ch-, you know yeah america's dong it's a it's an interesting, <laughs> place. It's an interesting place yeah man uh well shit ron thanks for coming on with us man we appreciate yeah man talking. yeah thanks for asking this was yeah. cool yeah 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 no it was good uh it was good to chat it was good to see you um, is yeah. there anything you want to uh, put out there in the world for people? To uh, let's see. Uh, my social media. If uh, you want to see a lot of videos of my cats and me showing my record collection, you can follow me at Ron Conflict on Instagram. Uh, Lower Class Brats, we're going to be re-releasing the new seditionaries on vinyl in a few months and then after that our new record comes out which is tales of the wild the ugly and the damned um uh let's see if you need your music transferred from analog into the digital format i could do it i have a home studio i've been doing stuff for some record labels and archiving whether it's taking your demo cassette uh your you know and bringing it in the digital realm or uh vinyl and uh i could i could do different formats um you can contact me through my instagram as well for that that's cool man i actually just did a thing for a coc uh corrosion conformity reissue uh that's going to be a double album set and the second lp is the demo versions of of the album and they they did not have the uh the actual reels of the demos but they had it from cassettes of that belonged to Reed that re, actually Reed Mullen gave to a buddy of mine oh, and wow. I did all the analog to digital transfers for that. That's, that, that's coming out like in about three or four months or something, but yeah. That's amazing, man. That's cool. Oh, beautiful dude. 